All right, um, Slippery Pete, Peter Barrett, what's going on, man? How you doing? Good. How's it going? Good, good, good. Um, oh man, it's been a while, man. Uh, Contender Series was in the summer, and now yeah. we're sitting in almost actually in the spring. So it's man, it's, what, what you've been doing the whole time? Uh, I'm training, staying ready. You know, nursing some like lingering issues uh, that everybody deals with, and um. Really just staying ready, training, helping all my teammates get ready for their fights, helping out in the local scene, um, coaching guys, cornering guys, doing privates, helping other guys develop their skills, you know. So I stay busy in the realm of fighting. Um, I'm just I've – I've now experienced what it's like to be a little fish in a big pond again. So um, whereas before I could pretty much call the promoter and be like, let's do it, you know, on any card, we'd figure something out. If, if I was ready to fight, I was definitely fighting. And, uh, yeah, it's been tough to, to, to stay motivated to just, you know, to, to understand that it's like it's just my job to stay in shape at this point and be ready on moment's notice. Well, patience, I guess, is uh, is keen right now. Yeah, patience has been coming in uh, – has been coming in really handy lately. And especially with, like, this, you know, uh, corona pandemic, it's like – it's been really, really trying to stay, uh, to stay motivated with this, not knowing, you know, if the fights are going to happen, training alone in my basement, telling myself that this is going to be enough to be ready to go fight another human. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's been crazy. So patience has definitely helped me get through it. Well, you know, I want to get into all of that eventually, but first is yeah, 2019 was very, very successful for you. You know, you built a lot of momentum how important is that, you know, to ride that momentum for a fighter? I mean, if I could have rolled right into Boston, like, you know, we had kind of like loosely game plan, that would have been fantastic. That would have been, you know, my debut under my belt in a familiar city with fans and friends and family around. Um, but obviously, you know, things weren't lining up appropriately. We didn't really, we didn't get offered any matchups uh, for Boston. So it, it just became a waiting game, uh, staying in touch with, you know, my people behind the scenes, making sure they're staying in touch with people behind the scenes and uh, just trying to get my name on, on the tip of someone's tongue when they're putting fights together has really just been my biggest adversary lately. Um, speaking of adversary, you know, or adversity, 2017, 2018, you know, you had some rough times inside and outside the cage. How did you get yourself back to your winning ways? Um, that was a that was a lot of a lot of self-work, a lot of uh, internal dialogues. There was a lot of, uh, I sought out a therapist. Um, we did some pretty in-depth sessions going deep into things, uh, regarding my brother and my father's death, which were both like tragically within three months of each other. So, um, there was, there was a lot. I mean, if you're familiar with the hero's journey, that's definitely where I was led astray and had to find my way back to, to what I really wanted to do and into my passion. So, I mean, it's, it was a nightmare and a dream come true all in the same process. Yeah, it says a lot about you though, because uh, many guys, many athletes, you don't, you know, you don't hear from them after going through tragedy. Many times, that's not the case, right? Yeah, I mean, there was a period where I was training for a fight, and uh, you know, my my self talk had become really, really negative at this point. And I was in the basement at Siatong, uh, getting undressed probably after like a Saturday after a team training. And I'm like, you know, 
this, this is why I didn't make it. This is going to be like, not like I was giving myself an excuse not to push harder, but it was like a really low moment where like it was a defining moment in a negative way. And I almost accepted it for a little while. Like, you know, if I could ever reflect back, you know, 10 years, did I do everything I could and why didn't I get to the UFC? And, and I would have, I kind of started to accept that, well, I went through such a tragedy that shook my world to its core and broke me down. And that's why I never made it. That's why I never reached the next level. And I don't know. I mean, that was like, I remember having that thought and it like, it kind of fucked me up a little bit. Uh, and then I remember, you know, once I started putting the things back together, working on my self-talk, working on the inner dialogue, reflecting on what I've accomplished on and what I think I can do and putting my mind in the right space. Um, you know, I really kind of look at that as like one of the little aha moments. Like if you're, if you can recognize this now in the present, then you can change it before it becomes your story. Like you're still writing a story. There's no reason to let like this foreshadowing of events dictate the rest of my career. And I mean, like I'm, I'm no, I'm no slouch. I have two college degrees. I've, I've worked in the professional world before and I've done very well, but like, this is my story. This is, this is my calling. This is what I really love to do. And, you know, I, by finding myself back to that over the course of that period, like it, it really cemented in my heart that this is why I'm here to, to fight and, and to, to have as much fun while I'm doing it. Going forward, you know, since you have gone through all of that, any mental obstacles that come for, you know, in your way now it's just like it's pretty much nothing to you you can get through anything yeah i mean you would like to think so it's all a matter of perspective i'll tell you one thing like training in my basement telling myself that like this kid could be at his gym behind closed doors training with 10 people a day and i'm gonna go off a, an aerodyne bike and a heavy bag and think that i'm gonna you know be as prepared as he is you know because god I, I just have to assume he's doing as much as possible um and i have to do as much as i can do possible so my confinements have been to my basement on an aerodyne bike with a tire bag um, and a squat rack. So it's very, very like rocky in the woods. But um, I mean, actively realizing what I've been through and then putting that comparatively, okay, I'm training in my basement alone. I have a lot of control over that outside of my mental hurdles versus what I had to work through to get here. Yeah, having that perspective does help. But in like in the cut of it, it still it still sucks. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, do you put on the movie in the background or turn on the music? Rocky, you know, it's, it's, it's exactly Oh, yeah, like it. no, no, no. I mean, I have my playlists that I like to jam out to uh, for sure. And if I'm doing like low-grade cardio, I'll throw a, like a like low-level cardio, I'll throw a movie on to try to like just zone out while I'm there. But um, I actually haven't watched any Rocky movies since I've been hung up in the house. Maybe I need to like, maybe I need to dig into some of those feel-good <laughs> movies to get some of that energy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, it, it, do you have anybody coming in or is it just all alone by yourself? Uh, training wise, yes. I'm all alone right now. So I'm in a peculiar, a unique situation. Um, my girlfriend uh, works at a trauma hospital in Boston. So she sees a lot of people that are infected with COVID-19 uh, on the regular. Like she's, you know, fully protected behind safe barriers, but she's still coming in and out of the house every day, potentially you know, worst case scenario, bringing things into the house. So we've had to take extra precautions, um, because of it, like a voluntary confinement, because it's not, I'm not concerned about my training partners, but like if my training partner goes home and sees his mom who goes and then checks on her mom, come to find out like six months later, old boys, grandmother got really sick in a pneumonia. Like 
is that really on me? We don't want that kind of liability. You know what I mean? I don't want that resting on my head. If like six months from now, lo and behold, I find out someone that I was training with grandmother passed away from uh, the Corona epidemic, I would be heartbroken not knowing if it was me that put him into contact with it, that brought it to his grandmother, which for some people might seem like, Oh, he's building it up. But like, that's the conversation I have with my girlfriend on a regular basis. And I mean, we share a bed every night, anything that she comes in contact to, I'm coming into contact to indirectly. So we've just had to be really safe with that on that, in that regard. Completely understandable. How bad is it from what she says? I mean, as far as like what you see on TV and what I see on TV, it's the same. She, she says it's crazy. I don't get to see that. So I don't, I don't, and, and I'm like, Hey, go to work and send me a Snapchat video of every, like I just have to take her word on it. She says it's disgusting. She says it's nightmarish. She's, you know, I, you know, I, I don't want to use like misuse medical language, but like she tells me it's some pretty nasty shit and I just have to, okay, you know, take, take her word on it. Um, but, you know, then recently we just got news like another another three weeks, May 4th, the state's locked down, nothing's reopening. So we're starting to entertain the discussion of possibly one or two people coming into the house uh, with like, you know, a set um, modicum of like, OK, the basement gets clean, the mats get rolled out, we train, shower immediately, change your clothes and out, like no downtime, no hanging out, no cross contamination. So like that's an active discussion that we're trying to work on. Uh, because I'm just like, I just, I need some jujitsu. I need some wrestling. I, I like, there's only so much I can do on a bag and on a bike to mimic six days of tra- six hours of training a day. Um, so it, it's like, we're, we're, we're trying, we're starting to get a little more creative with it, but it's definitely been a, a big hurdle, you know, but at the end of the day, I think all of my finishes at 145 have been knockouts so i've got that i've got that ace up my sleeve like oh boy i can put you to bed real quick with either hand so i mean go in there and pray for a fast fight i don't know i mean it's not my 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 cardio is not going to be an issue i've got an aerodyne bike i'm crushing that it's it's going to be like the fluidity actually in there moving depending on how soon we can get back to work like if they're going to fly me somewhere, I'm going to say fly me a week early and get me out there with like three of my guys. So like we can live in quarantine together and just roll jujitsu all day, every day, because that's what I'm going to need. You know, flying though with this COVID-19. I, and that's an, another thing. Like I, and I'm very concerned about that as well. My girlfriend, you know, she's like, I'm going to write a letter to Dana White and I'm going to tell him how screwed up this is that he's putting people through this. Like, and I'm like, for all I know, for all we know, it's not Dana. It's the company that, that now owns the UFC that's losing money everywhere. And this could be their only avenue to possibly make some money. So they're like, Dana, go do you and put these fights on. Who knows what's going on behind the scenes? But like, I think and I'm, I'm, I'm not enough people have spoken out about how they feel about being forced to train in this situation for me to be comfortable to voice my opinion, uh, especially being like a low-level, entry-level UFC guy. So... I think that I wish I had the opportunity to be fully prepared for a fight if I'm going to go fight someone in, in four weeks. You know, it's, it's it's just crazy. Like from the training to the traveling, we heard I heard a rumor that uh, some tribal grounds in Oklahoma might entertain the fights. But like my my homie Calvin's fighting on the 18th, and they still don't know where he's fighting. Yeah. You know, so it's like Khabib finally spoke up yesterday, and I was like, well, that makes me feel a little bit better that someone that could be like 
not in bed or on, on the payroll, but like he's been in the UFC forever. So it's like, I could talk to Joe about it. Joe Lozo and he's one of my coaches, one of my buddies and his perspective is a lot different than my perspective because he's been in the UFC for so long. So like he ha- he has weight to his name where he can make decisions that won't impact his future. I don't have that luxury. So I just have to show up and be ready. And it's like, how am I going to get to my fight? How, who, how, like, there are so many questions that it's just, it can really eat you up thinking about it. You know what I mean? Because if you know what goes into putting on an event, getting people there, the medical licensing, the athletic commissions, like, what are you going to have? Three people in the room for the weigh-ins? How are you going to do the stare-downs? How are we going to, like, it's going to be very challenging. And I entertain the challenge if it comes, when it comes. But, like, there's some serious logistical questions that need to be answered. Like, what are you going to, are you going to, have a pickup point in Boston, a pickup point in New York, bust these guys in like alone. Are you going to Uber us out to the middle of nowhere? Like it's all speculation at this point and no one has any idea what's going on. On top but of we're that, told to be ready. Yeah. <laughs> and we're told to be ready and make weight. Like, Hey, you're at home doing the best you can. Don't miss weight. Like make sure you're 145, buddy, you know? And then, yeah, my opponent, like who knows what he's doing in Scotland? Who knows? Yeah, we don't even know if he's able to travel to the States. Exactly. To fight, right? So it's almost like, okay, I got to be ready to have an opponent pop up. Any opponent. So it could be also a huge opportunity for yourself. Oh, it's always an opportunity. And, I, and like, I was talking to someone, and, 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 and the one thing that I find humor in throughout all of this, like, adversity or or – uh, for lack of a better term, like not knowing what the fuck is going on is like, why wouldn't this be my situation? Like it just, it just like, why isn't, why wouldn't this be my story? Why wouldn't this just be like another chapter in my novel of how fucked up my life can be before I get to where I want to be? Like, it's just like, it's fitting. It's kind of funny. Like I find a little bit of humor in it. Like, of course, like my UFC debut after waiting for eight months is during the Corona pandemic and I'm training in my basement to get ready for 15 minutes of fucking war. And I might not have sparred anybody for six weeks before this fight at the end of the day. Why not, dude? Let's do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like stack the chips up, put the chips on my shoulder, put a chip in my shoulder. Like I'll take all that in there and I'll put it behind every punch. And, and it, it, it it's going to be a fun fight no, no matter what. But like there's so much it's like it's just there's just so much up in the air it's wild when you go spar and prepare for a fight how big of a impact does it have on your on your performances do you believe it's is it something that you could go without you know what i mean because you do take a little bit of damage um the only thing that i would what what concerns me isn't the damage it, it's not the timing it's it's the reaction it's keeping my eyes fresh and i just washed my hands so nobody freak out about me touching my face please um it's the reaction it's like keeping my eyes fresh it's 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 like thankfully i have a couple tools like uh, a tennis ball that i can fix to one of my hats where it's like i call it my reaction ball and i can i can spar rounds on a tennis ball attached to my forehead to keep my eyes and my instincts Sorry, not doing this. Uh, to keep my eyes, and my instincts fresh. So I, I like my reaction time, my speed, and all that. I can simulate it to an extent, but there's nothing like you know, eating a punch and then having to recover really quick to realize you're either going to eat another and you're going to move, get out of the way, and counter. So it's like it's the timing that I'm missing. It's keeping the muscles and the muscle memory fresh and the, the 
fast twitch muscles, like strong and reacting and not thinking and reacting. Like I need to react. I don't need to think and then react. You know what I mean? And by removing sparring, I feel like that might be one of the biggest, one of my biggest issues is, is that timing and that reaction speed. Everybody, like you said, Calvin Cater, he's getting ready for a fight. It's in a couple of weeks and you're next up in line. It's, Nobody knows what's going to happen. We don't know mm-hmm. where the event is. It's just like everything's in in secrecy. It's like you're you're working yeah. for the CIA or something, but everybody knows what's going on. Everybody knows who the CIA like agents are. It's it's, it's it, it is a movie. It is a movie. You're living in yeah. a movie. It, there's like no like you could not make this shit up like and of course like dana white's going to be the only guy that has enough balls to put on an athletic event right now while the rest of the world is shut down like can i look at it from his lens yeah it's great for the sport of mma it's great to get fans eyes on the ufc that wouldn't normally be watching it because there's no other sports on like it was the first saturday that all the sports shut down and that brazil card still went on and i went to work I bartend, by the way. And there were people that had never seen MMA before, like asking me because I knew I fight in the UFC, like about the fights that were going on, like how to break it down for them. So like from that lens, yeah, it's great. It's great publicity for this sport. But again, that's from a, an outside, an outsider's perspective that probably doesn't understand what goes in to get each, to get those 24, 20 to 24 athletes ready for those 15 to 25 minutes, you know? So like, it's just such a two-edged sword to that we're riding on right now. Are you know you, you're a bartender? Are people still going out to bars right now? No, not in Boston. I mean, we, we've been shut down. Um, I want to say we've been shut down for about a month. Uh, it was St. Patty's Day was the last. The day before St. Patty's Day was the last open day of business, and then everything switched to takeout. So like. And that was the same day that Tom Brady told the Patriots that he was heading to Tampa Bay, dude. So, like, not only did he want I know, I don't know why that just shot across my mind all in the same time frame. So, Boston shuts down the day before St. Patty's Day, switches everything over to takeout. Nobody's allowed in the restaurants. A lot of the restaurants have since stopped doing takeout because the business isn't there, you know. So, um, no gatherings more than eight people. It might be down to eight, five to eight at this point. Um, grocery stores pharmacies and walmarts are pretty much what's open oh and the liquor stores are still open and so are the dispensaries so alcohol weed and food and medicine everything else is shut down the bare necessities that's all yeah absolutely (laughs) you got your vices and you've got you've got your your nutrition hey tom brady when that happened i was messaging all my new england patriots fans like i told you i told you (laughs) Like, but the impact, would you think he did that on purpose? Like, I'm going to wait to St. Paddy's Day because they're going to drink their faces off in my name. And yeah. and then it gets closed down and he announces it on St. Paddy's Day and people can't even go be miserable and drink about it. They're stuck to their homes. Like, there's no bars to go drinking with your, your sports buddies to be miserable about Tom Brady leaving. Like, it was just like a scene from Punk. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. he got us real good on that day. And <laughs> no matter what, man, uh, New England – has been very lucky to have the greatest yeah, quarterback sure. of all time. You, that's like, it's it's like insane to have someone like that and be able to watch that guy perform for like, what was it, 19 years or 17 years or something like that? This would have been his 20th year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, man, it's we're, we're fortunate. I'm fortunate. I'm not even a New England Patriots fan, but to have someone like an athlete like that. But anyways, man, hopefully, Peter, you, you get the fight. April 25th yeah. in Lincoln, Nebraska. No matter the opponent, 
hopefully they get you there. Stay safe, man. Keep training. Keep keep doing your thing. And uh, and I want to be seeing you uh, on my oh, TV sure. screen, man. Yeah, I cannot wait. I mean, I just need the opportunity. As long as as long as there's a ring to fight in, I'll be there. You know, ready to put on a show for all ten people in the arena. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs>